Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The hardest bit was just the time when we knew Dad was going to die and it was those 10 days and those 10 days of being around each other and like it became kind of like a duty competition or a loyalty competition. Like, no, 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 I'll stay tonight. I'll stay in the little tiny room. Oh yeah, it was just so stressful. Welcome to Grief Encounters with me, Sasha Hamrogue. And I'm Venetia Quick. We're a weekly podcast that looks at an issue that affects us all and yet remains so difficult to talk about. We'll be chatting to guests from all walks of life on the subject of death and all that comes with it. Our main aim is to motivate, comfort and create a modern space for people to share their own experiences. Could you think of someone that could benefit in listening? Tell them about Grief Encounters out every single Tuesday. Today on the podcast, we met with the acclaimed theatre performer Louise White to speak about her latest production, This is the Funeral of Your Life. And um, let's just say that talking about funerals, there's like absolutely no end to that conversation. They're no. so weird. They're the, it is the weirdest thing, <laughs> yeah, actually, so the funeral. But I do know one thing is that I'm so planning my own. Yeah. <laughs> because you go to so many funerals and I think... Personally, I think it's really important because it's yeah. the last time anybody is going to be talking, well, not talking about, well, but gathering in your gathering yeah, in in your name, in exactly. Yeah, and I think the people, especially if it's sudden, I think the people that are left behind have a responsibility mm-hmm. to give that person the funeral they deserve, yeah. no matter how hard it is. It's yeah. it's sort of, I think, I feel very passionate about is that when you go to a funeral of somebody. And it doesn't reflect their personality. It doesn't reflect them. You don't really come away with a sense of who they were or what they liked or what they did. Or, And I think that's what a funeral is. It's like it's the last time people are going to publicly acknowledge yeah. this person amongst their friends, their children's friends, their spouse's friends, you know, and um, extended family. So I think And do you really think important. people feel a little bit scared about pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable? I know you talked about Martin and like the kind of person he was. Mm. So you decided that like, you really wanted to make sure that that was reflected. Well, oh, absolutely. And it was sort of, I mean, I remember um, the vicar coming to the house and he had, I always called them running orders, but it was an order of service. And it was actually from somebody else that we knew who died previously. And um, he was like, can I just make this suggestion? And I was like, no. Mm -hmm. I said, I know exactly 
what we want, what music we want, how it's going to be, the photos, mm. the live music, you know. And the only thing, in fairness, he was so good about it. Like I got everything I wanted from Kylie and Jason to oh. you two to all of my Love Actually photos yeah. and everything. And the only thing he had a slight reticence about was playing ACDC <laughs> going back down the aisle. But I think that's because he thought it was going to be Highway to Hell or something. Yeah. But um, bit of a conflict. But it, it, you know, it just, it was such an emotional event he the vicar called it Martin's gig but it was such an evo- emotional time that I think when he was going back down the aisle and we had ACDC you shook me all night long because that's what we had at our wedding coming back down the aisle that everyone just started clapping mm. and it was like you could feel it was almost like a release of tension and a celebration mm. and you know that really reflected yeah. the person that Martin was and that like to me is the fact that people still talk about his gig to me meant we sent him off in the right way yeah the way that he should have been Mm. and I think he sounds like he would have been like incredibly proud of you because doing that in a time when you're really Mm. like at your worst but I know with my mom overdrive though you, uh, yeah. yeah, of course. My mom, we played Patricia the Stripper. Yeah. <laughs> because when we were kids, Krista Burke's Patricia the Stripper was the song she used to play for us when yeah. we used to get dressed up. And, and like everyone, I mean, everyone there got it. And mm. I think that's the other thing. That if the people who are there knew the person, they get it. Mm. They get that you're, um, it's totally spot on. Um, and we had a great conversation with Louise about it. Um, obviously, thinking about your own funeral is really fascinating. Um, and like you said, I think it makes you think about planning that maybe in a way that you would never have thought of before. I also think, you know, if you can leave, for the people that are left behind, mm. if you can leave a sort of some sort of template, yeah. nobody likes talking about it yeah. because it's it's like this sort of, it's like wills. Nobody yeah. likes talking about wills or what, unless you're a money grabber. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Nobody in the family likes, oh, well, we're going to leave it. Oh, I don't want to know. Yeah. You know I don't want to think about it. But I actually think now that everybody should have a template mm. left of what they'd like. You know, and so it's a certain sort of idea because if you think of the people who are left behind and what they're going through, mm. then it's sort of like, it's not fair almost oh, totally. to leave it on them. So like you should be going, I want photos. I want this song. I'd like this person to play yeah. the piano. I'd like this person to sing. And I think that actually everybody should, you know, obviously, you know, with people dying suddenly and stuff you don't get the chance but I think you should articulate it to and people. even when you're well and there's no mm. there's nothing in sight you're not mm. you, you're not so so that you can look at it without that sort of it can be hard when I suppose when you're really sick you're very afraid of what's going to mm. happen next so maybe you're pushing it away but when you're well and you're mm. maybe a little bit more able for the conversation it is an important conversation mm. to have with your family completely oh no I agree I mean I think it's definitely something I actually said it to a friend <laughs> And I said, you know, when we said sometime we'll talk about mine. And she's like, no pressure. <laughs> so, you know, it's sort of, I think it, she sort of got the idea <laughs> that um, I'd like the same sort of thing. The expression of grief uh, through art can be an extremely cathartic experience for anybody who's experienced any sort of loss. Now, today's guest is the acclaimed performance artist Louise White. She's been exploring this relationship on stage now for a number of years and is here today to speak to us about her latest project. This is the funeral of your life, which is currently touring the country right now. Hi, Louise. Hi. Hi. So, first of all, this is the funeral of your life. I mean, it's 
what is it about? Why did you why did you come up with this idea? Yeah, the title is always kind of heavy. I always have to say it's fun, it's fun. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. why we have a big carnival-esque sign when the audience come into the space to be like, hey, it's like a game show. Yeah. Um, so I came up with it after my reaction to my dad's funeral. Um, so he was 84 when he died and he'd had a really full life. And um, myself and my five siblings so the six of us and my mom were around him when he died so all in all in terms of like what you would wish for for your for the moment of death it was all you know it was it was it was great to be there for him it was very difficult and intense and painful but I suppose there wasn't a feeling that dad still had unresolved things like he'd lived a really full life so that was an intense time in the hospital we were with him for 10 days and you know, two of my siblings had to get flown home. So it was kind of, you know, it was high stakes and full on. So I hadn't really thought much about his mm. funeral. You know, I hadn't, it hadn't been a thing really that I thought about at all. And then, um, you know, it was very quickly planned with the undertaker, bish bash bosh. You know, there was no conflict or anything like that with my family about what we were going to do. And then the funeral happened and I was just completely overwhelmed by it. I mean obviously overwhelmed by by the significance of all the the moments that you go through to realise your father is one step closer to being gone the, and the finality of it. But the other thing that I was really taken by was the whole huge ritual and ceremony of it and the way in which somebody is remembered and eulogised mm. and afterwards I just couldn't shake the feeling of like asking myself had I done enough was I enough mm. would I ever be remembered in this way and um and it was persistent, like that feeling was persistent. It wasn't um, It wasn't just an occasional thing. And because it just kept persisting, then I realised that I needed to work it out artistically. Mm. I think it's such a great thing to take on artistically because I think no one really talks about when you're at the centre of it, when you're a family member that's mm. at the centre of those things, really how you'll remember it forever, even though it can feel like a bit of a whirlwind and it's, it's, it's this real, but it's very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Also surreal. Mm. But I think it's such an important thing mm. funeral and the whole because that is the one time where everybody comes together and mm. everybody's in that one moment and it's almost like it's there's a huge I sort of felt there was a huge responsibility on me to make sure the funeral fitted my husband yeah. to the same degree that yeah. he was a very larger than life character yeah. he ran nightclubs he was you know you couldn't just have a regular funeral like mm-hmm. you had to have ACDC and you had to yeah, yeah. You, you know but that's a huge it's it's quite especially in the days after when it's all really blurry and you don't really know what you're doing it is quite a big responsibility that people go away going that was a brilliant funeral right yeah you know afterwards so it's some of the components so um, one of the things that you were just saying there about the idea of um, everybody coming together but, but that's true but like we had spent so much time together as a family and like isn't in this really intense time that while you're all trying to pull together like there's times when you're just driving each other mental like mm. somebody's eating an apple beside you in and the noise outside, the, yeah. outside the CCU and you're just like oh my god yeah. like, you know what I mean and the same time is your experience of the funeral is going to be significantly different than everybody mm. else's even though you are in this communal experience the idea of the show is that we ask the audience to come together we ask them in, with these thought experiments that are fun and um, comedic Mm. we ask them to take on the idea of letting go of taking on the idea conceptually that they're going to die and then they let it go and then the show happens uh, continues on but like it's where we take the time to plan the funeral songs and then we try to create a 
particular funeral ceremony for them where it's um, it has impact enough or it's real enough or significant enough that that they can imagine that it's about them. Mm-hmm. But it also has to be loose enough that you don't say anything that will trigger someone to go, that would never happen for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So we try to identify what the key life moments are in people and the key signposts of like things about wanting to belong, things about wanting to find your tribe. Like we have a eulogy at one part that we get an audience member to perform. So they've never seen it before and we have cue cards and we invite them up and it's created in this really tender moment of the show and it's one of the most impactful moments of the show because we've taken a really long time to figure out how do you write a eulogy for everyone and no one Mm -hmm. and how do you make it sparse enough and impactful enough and yeah so these are all of the things that Mm. I reflected on after Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you're looking for a safe haven to express how you feel, share articles, photos, and memories of your loved ones, join the Grief Encounters Facebook group, a place for support, compassion, and empathy for those grieving. Do you feel that people are self-aware enough? Because I know, obviously, when, when you have experienced loss or death in your own life, I think your self-awareness starts to grow. Mm. Because obviously, like up until that point, you're not thinking about your mortality quite as much. And then the first time somebody, you lose someone, your mortality starts to become a little bit more in your consciousness. Mm. But being self-aware enough to think about how you'll be perceived when you're gone, it's yeah. pretty tough. Like, that's like... Yeah, and it's a fairy thing. Like, it is a fairy thing. And it also seems, whatever about being self-aware, it also seems self-indulgent, particularly in the Irish psyche, you know, Mm. to say that you give a shit about how you're going to be remembered Mm. and to say that you've gone far enough to think what will it sound like when somebody's up in the pulpit or wherever that venue is talking Mm. about me. So that was the thing that when I couldn't shake it and then I was mentioning it to other people and I'd say, yeah, this is the thing. I think I have to make this show about funerals because I can't stop thinking about and people's eyes would just widen and they'd be like, oh my God, me too. And they're Mm. like mortified to say Mm. it. So 
in in this we're trying to give people the permission and the structures where nobody feels exposed but where you're like we're like come on it's alright think yeah. about it we'll guide you through it we'll facilitate it yeah. but go there mm. see I wonder about that as well what you're saying is I went to a funeral recently and it was sort of a young person um, who had been sick for quite a while mm. and it was very much as though priest didn't know her when the kids names was left out it was it was I, I found it actually quite traumatic more traumatic because of that mm-hmm. and I sort of it did make me afterwards think about like everybody's going to die at some point so maybe mm-hmm. you should just start putting in place I want these songs I want those photos you know I don't want so and so speaking because I don't like them I want that per- do you know right. what I mean or oh my god absolutely stuff. I couldn't agree more because the thing is after dad's funeral my dad's funeral was really it was just really uh, like well done it was a really good reflection of the man my brother gave this amazing eulogy where I was just like oh god I didn't realise that eulogies were also biographies you mm. know he was like and when he was 12 he played rugby with Rat Downey and then when he was you know you can imagine 84 years doing the whole thing but isn't that so important because mm. it's yeah. actually recognising what people have given right. to life or given to other people's lives yeah. or what, what they've done they haven't just lived and I yep, have to say you know, I found that I did the eulogy for both of my parents and I found the weight of that very mm. very difficult yeah I'd say so like it was kind of a beautiful moment writing it but there was also like a mm. pressure like like mm. just like you're talking about it's a whole life to look at mm. and to do them proud and you know I suppose I know that both of them would have been proud anyway mm. like they would have been like you did a great job but the weight of standing in front mm. of everyone and trying to capture who they were and also truthfully because my perception of them versus yeah. as a child is sort of a different perception of maybe how they saw themselves so I remember my brother saying to me he was sitting at the kitchen table and he was like so is there anything you want me to include and I was like well, I don't know I guess just about like how he always taught us to try and you know be good in the community and things and he was like oh okay but I didn't really think about what he was mm. going to write and then when he did the eulogy I was like oh my god I could never have done that like it was so it's pressure yeah mm. yeah yeah, I mean, I guess that's the mm. advantage of being the fifth kid. <laughs> I'm never going to have yeah. to do that. <laughs> but it is, I mean, like it, it is, I, I think also writing something like that, I think if you're doing something on, like obviously in the morning, I would, you know, you can't see your listeners, yeah. you know, or with something like this. But when you're standing in front of 300 odd people and doing something that's so important, I think it's like delivering the light and shade and mm. you know you sort of at the back of your mind like I remember when I was writing Martin's going like, I'm going to have to be funny here as well yeah. because people expect I, 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 my expectation was people would expect me to be funny yeah. as well and that's yeah. sort of it's hard to do you find oh, it yeah. but it is a hard it's just I think it's the hardest thing you ever write I'd say so. You know, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never, I've only done or it. perform, or because it is a performance. Really yeah, I've only had to do it for the show. And mm. with that, like, I have, you know, I don't, I have to represent, I guess, in a way, the humanity of the audience, but I don't have to represent a real, actual person. So, mm. so it's really yeah. like, um, feels very alive to me now when you're saying that about mm. writing it for your husband. I can't imagine it. I assume my husband and I would write each other's eulogies, but like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Mm. It's heavy. 
There's also the like weird practicalities around funerals that are like really strange, like buying your outfit to go to a funeral. Right. <laughs> Isn't I that know. stuff like... And who was it I said it to? I was like, well, I still have one in, in my wardrobe and I'm like, I'm obviously going to keep that one and I'll just wear it for mums. And yeah. it's, people are like, <gasps> I'm like, well, like I don't want to have to go to Dunn Stores in Port Leash again <laughs> and yeah. go around and around and be like, can't wear that, can't wear this. Like, I don't want to be shopping. Oh my yeah. God. Again. You see, I find that a weird thing to do is to go and buy something new. I remember, like, because I just wore something. Yeah. I I think the day before, Martin's best friend said, no, what are you going to wear? Because she also knew with me I liked my clothes. She also yeah. knew with me that a few days later I'd be going, what was I thinking? Oh. Do you know that oh, way? Oh, yeah. So I think that was, and then she arranged a hairdresser to come to the house. And I was like, Why? Why do I need a hairdresser? Why do I, I need, know. you know, any of that? But I do know people who on the day of funerals go and get their hair done or, you know, and it's mm. and I suppose that's right because it's sort of like, I guess they you know, feel you the go pressure. to a party and get yeah. your hair done. Yeah. So, You're seeing all these people just, in your life and yeah. yet it does seem so frivolous. Mm. I remember people dropping off black tights. Which was like spot oh, on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just t- tights. Just like you yeah. said, the Dunn stores thing really got me. Yeah, like, but yeah, just dropping yeah. off tights. Wow. Like little things are like but underwear. Yeah. So like you to might do not... something for you. So can I do anything? Like, could you just get me a pair of like 40 denier? Done, done, done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, they're yeah. dying to and do something And you've given them just something that yeah. they can. No, no. Um, there's also the dark side of funerals, which is, I think would be hard for anyone if they knew was going on the person that's passed like the fighting and the like mm. that stuff the drinking it's the st- yeah like mm. bad stuff bubbles to the surface as well for families is that just the intensity I think of, of everything culminating to one big event yeah I mean the things that I experienced the hardest bit was just the time that when we knew dad was going to die and there was those 10 days and those 10 days of being around each other and like it became kind of like a duty competition or mm. a loyalty competition like no 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 I'll stay tonight I'll stay in the little tiny room that mm. there's there's like you know seven of us in this tiny little room and there's another family you could only have two people in the CCU at, this, at any one time mm. so people were like sleeping over so that even though you couldn't be in with dad so they wouldn't be left on his own and it just became it was so Oh, yeah, it was just so stressful. It was just mm. so stressful. Nobody wanted to hear from each other anymore. Mm. You can't even do small talk anymore. You can't mm. talk about it anymore. So all of that I just found, yeah, really stressful. And I think people as well, I mean, we've talked about how people grieve in different ways. Mm. And they do. And I mean, that's something I think I've learned uh, even about myself is, yeah. you know, how I expected, not that I expected, well, hadn't it wasn't on the cards that soon, but how I would have expected myself to grieve is not actually how I have right, done. Yeah, like I, wow. it's been, I've been totally different in a lot of ways mm. than I would have thought. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing that happens as well is there's an expectation that people are all going to grieve the same way, but of or course together. they don't. Or together. Or together, and they don't. God, and no. some people run for the hills. Yeah, and it's you know I've had words with somebody who was very close to Martin as well because I just couldn't get my head around. Their way, their way of yeah. doing the grief yeah. thing and mm. it's sort of they sort of said to people not everybody does it your way and I'm like okay fair enough but yeah. it is I mean I think that's a very difficult thing to navigate as adults and you can see why after somebody passes away why adults fall out or why they don't get on anymore you can sort of see why that happens oh yeah absolutely and also people trying to control your grief or trying to support your grief in this really intense way where mm. you're like mm-hmm, you don't need to keep rubbing my back I'm actually yeah, fine yeah. like I want to do this differently or just even in a funny way I was doing a placement in Leash at the time so I live in Dublin but I was down with my mum every Monday and Tuesday mm. every week with when I just after I'd had my first son so I was doing my teaching placement there and um 
like myself and mom would be like okay fine this is be like two months three months mm. after the funeral but people kept calling mm. to her mm. in the evenings because they were worried she was going to be lonely and she'd be like Jesus Christ don't answer that door yeah. don't no she would yeah. be like you know yeah. she she had kind of gone through it all with dad for the last few years she'd really looked after him she has a you know a healthy community life she spoke a lot to her you know she's a strong faith she spoke a lot to her priest about it in the run up to it and afterwards so I feel like she dealt with it all mm. in her way you know mm. like she's quite resilient woman mm. you know I had other friends who's lost a dad at the same time and their mother just didn't know what to yeah. do. So it was people assuming that she wanted to be minded or petted and that's just not her way at mm. all. So she would literally be like running out of the living room like you pass the window to ring the front door. She'd be <laughs> running out and being like, don't answer that door. I'm like, but okay. also some days you're not in the mood yeah, either. Like, yeah. like you're She's really tired here. or you're just whatever. Yeah. Like the kids are over the door. Hi! It's like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and they yeah. stay for three hours, yeah. and you're like, mm-hmm, "Would you like another cup of tea?" Ooh. You're actually putting more pressure. That's actually yeah. making things harder Absolutely. for the person. I know? mean, look, it's hard. Like, we don't know really what to do. No. Like, no. how do you how do you do it? Like, and it's only when you've had a funeral. That's the thing. I'm like, I'm amazing at funerals mm. now, but I have to go through it yeah. to know how to bridge the gap and be able to say I'm sorry and give condolences mm. and give respect not be intense make an occasional joke you know mm. these kind of well, I think that's important isn't it humor. yeah, yeah. yeah of thing. you have to have some sort of humour somewhere because yeah. also especially if the person was a humorous person right, or whatever yeah. like they would want to have it sitting around sort of going yeah. Do you know yeah, that way? Absolutely. I remember walking down um, with my mother. We had like she 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 died in America, um, so we had her like memorial service. Which my mom was like totally like a hippie at heart and mm. like super cool. So we just had like it in a park with loads of butterflies like printed up everywhere, and mm. just had her friends. It was complete like non-religious, even though she was a spiritual person she wasn't a religious mm. person we tried to reflect her as what best we could but then we had a memorial service or what a memorial mass here in Tipperary a month later uh, where she was from and I remember walking down carrying her ashes and one of my friends spot on as well gave me kind of a, like a silly laugh jokey smile but like mm. a real like they, they could pick up that I felt quite nervous doing what mm. I was doing and they came and I my face like broke into a hu- mm. and I always felt kind of guilty that other people might have seen that but in reality like that person gave me just that bit of like levity and mm. break that I just felt like I needed to have mm-hmm. I felt on show I felt like everyone was looking at me I was carrying mm. this little box of I was just felt embar- I'm, I'm mm. a shy like I went yeah, and it just gave me it's actually interesting that you say that and I think that's the whole other thing is your behaviour and your idea of how people perceive you when you behave afterwards. I mean, friends of mine from school, actually, mine passed away in February. And then in the June, they were sort of, you know, let's go for a few drinks, whatever. And I hadn't seen a couple of them for years. And we used to always get on well Mm -hmm. in school. And we had such a laugh. And I suppose because I hadn't seen them and it was new people that we literally laughed for three hours. And there's people I sort of knew from the area sitting in the pub beside me. And I just, the next day I was going, God, they're Really. Oh, yeah. And the most unfeeling yeah. that I'm told. Oh, you get this thing like everyone you're having a bad day and you might have had a good night the night before where mm. you've been seen to laugh yeah. twice. And everyone sort of you've got sort of, oh, she's fine. She's totally fine. And of course, that's not how it works. No, it's like you, so, you know, you, you have that judgment towards your. I mean, there's so much judgment in grief anyway, mm. self judgment. Like, how right, should yeah. I be? Am mm. I doing this right? Am Is I it okay to get over this? I remember deciding to have another kid and, and, and like conceiving the kid quite soon after dad died. And my brother being like, well, that was quick. Like, that was really like just after dad died. And I was kind mm. of like, 
Yeah, like and <laughs> like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, go on. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. takes nine minutes, nine months to cook them. So yeah. you know. Yeah, I was pregnant eight months after my mom died, and mm. I think there were people that were concerned about that. Yeah, would you be able to handle yourself? Like, mm, yeah. yeah, and that sort of stuff is like, I think you have to really call the shots yourself and and feel comfortable, even though that's easier said than done. Yeah, no big time. Tell us a little bit more about how people are. Have Have you had feedback as to how people are perceiving the show? Do you think people are drawn to it who have been through the experience? Or people are drawn to it who haven't been, because I could see like kind of a fascination if you're mm. not really somebody that has lost someone close to you that you might be kind of more comfortable in that setting. Mm. I think it's a bit of both, really. Like people are just fascinated with funerals. Like I made this myself for my own reasons, like for my own imp- artistic impulse, and it's been the show that people have just grabbed onto so much. And it's a show that after it's you know it's sixty five minutes long, and you know straight afterwards people come up and they're grabbing my arms and they're like they're just dying to tell me stories. Tell me, there's a lot of kind of tongue and cheek observations about funerals. Like we've people making sandwiches and we've cups of tea mm. and we have, <laughs> do you know what I mean? We have a lot of like we have re- we have. Relentless sandwich making. Um, it just keeps lasagnas. going and there's just yeah. more. Yeah, lasagnas and tarts. Yeah. <laughs> there's just more and more and more and more Brennan's bread sliced pans mm. just keep coming on the stage. Mm. And, you know, so we do that kind of riffing with things like that. And people can't get over the kind of simplicity mm. of that and how it's very funny. And um, I think it's the idea. I genuinely think it is both camps because I think it's people get to reflect on it. Um, if they've gone through it, they see a, a different kind of truth in it than if they haven't lost somebody themselves, but they've all been to funerals. Mm. And the other thing is the idea in it is that we take the audience on a journey like we we guide them through this thing where they are genuinely allowed to think about themselves in a way that they do it as a congregation. They do it in, in as the audience unit but so you're never ex- you're never asked what are you thinking right now you're never yeah. exposed in that way but they get to think about themselves in that way so I think they feel like seen or they feel like held in some way where they've been allowed to go on that visualisation yeah. process mm. yeah so and, and people feel I had no idea how it was going to be perceived in the first instance I was just trying to make the show that I needed to make um, but afterwards people were saying that they found it uplifting or they found it I mean it is genuine it's, there's a lot of laughs in it even sometimes depending on what the audience because the audience is we rely on them a lot because mm. we connect with them a lot and um, there's some audience participation moments now not you know hairy awkward like in comedy where you get somebody up on stage and you fleece them it's mm. actually we just get them to do things like make sandwiches which is or read a eulogy or be pallbearers, things that happen mm. in that kind of community context. Mm. So nobody has to generate material themselves. But at the beginning, you know, when they're when they're connected to at the beginning or, or addressed or somebody asks them a question, you know, people are quite shy. And by the end, they're all craning their necks out, dying to be like, oh, but they want to help. Yeah. You know, mm. they want to be part of it. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of laughter in it. Is the uh, shaking of the hands, does that come up at all? This Irish thing. No, no, peace be with you. Honestly, there is not enough like dramatic anything in that to do it. It, That's just death. Yeah. Death to theatre. Do you know yeah. that you're talking about peace be with you? No, I'm talking no, about outside the, the, after door. the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you could we be there have for a week on that. It's we have a no, she, there's a refrain yeah. where one of the performers <laughs> is like, peace be with you. Sorry yeah. for your oh, last yeah, peace no, no, with no, you. No, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm very sorry. Excuse yeah. me. People yeah. are literally pushing yeah. me out of the way to get in at my mom. Like, they, I was just like, um, hello. I've been standing beside her for support. And they were just like, sorry, there now. Hi, Mary. And it's always cold. I remember, like, because I was like, it was yeah. like it felt like hours oh, and then oh, yeah. my friend actually just got it, came and got me he's like that's it that's yeah. enough you're you done know. good call yeah. Friends yeah. oh yeah no big time Yeah. tell us a little bit about when the show is running until so we ha- we're on national tour for the month of February um, we've done 
Galway and Drift and Project Arts Centre in Temple Bar. And then on the 22nd of February, we are in Dunamace Arts Centre. And then the following week, we are in Everyman in Cork for two nights. That's the Monday and Tuesday. And we're also in Visual Carlo on the Friday night. Louise White, thank you so much. Uh, what a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Thank you for having me. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hold up. 